This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. Angrez apna lagan and news laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi chhodte when the public pays the public is served and when corporations pay corporations are served. Subscribe to News Laundry and pay to keep news free or subscribe to others of your choice such as the wire and pay to keep news free. Uh for once we have a guest who will not disagree with us because their model is also very similar to ours but I will introduce our guest to you. Uh before that let us introduce our in-house chandal chokri Anand Ranganathan consulting editor who has come here with a crew cut for some reason. God. <laughs> like I you let are me you just tell you, you that I'm sticking out in genuinely like a sore thumb. If I meet like that barber if I if no, I meet No I think I I really like your haircut I think now you're looking off today. uh otherwise you always look like from the 60s 50s <laughs> okay not that's 60s 50s well i like that look madhu no <laughs> but no. if you meet the baba you'll i am going this to this is much more today uski do a, a yogi on him okay you'll do a yogi on okay and we have manisha pande our own in house uh awarding journalist sorry Hi. i couldn't resist <laughs> dipanjana pal a managing editor who will be on the last hafta for a while until we can get her back because she is going to be leaving news laundry and moving elsewhere no, no. or just chilling for a while just we'll chilling see. for a while <laughs> that's chilling. all so uh, this is so guys you have to let her speak enough okay and not keep cutting in how tiresome <laughs> and uh, editor in chief madhu trehan hello who just told anand that is Haircut is looking spectacular. I think she's taking the piss on it. No, I'm not. I really think it's. I like it. He is the most. I mean, I I hid myself for the next three days after I had. That's the insane. Haircut. You so should have been hiding before. This is after growth. You should have been yeah, hiding it's been, before. It's been two the last ten years. I can finally reveal why I wasn't here last Saturday. Oh, I see. <laughs> and we have on the phone with us Raghu Karnad, who's part of the Wire's founding team. For those of you who've been under a rock consuming news, the Wire is a new news portal that has been started by. uh raghu siddharth siddharth and venu so to siddharth bhatia and that's right i haven't missed anyone right uh you've missed mukund vasudevan who's the real um technical brains the okay. whole behind okay. the operation right but i think you've got it covered and uh so raghu also he's worked at tehelka he's worked at outlook he was uh, the editor at time out delhi uh, he's authored a book fathest field an indian story of the second world war welcome raghu thank you for joining us Hello everyone. Great to be here. So in Hafta we basically uh just discuss what made the news, what didn't, what should have, what shouldn't have. Uh I'll just quickly read out the list that we have today. Uh Trump calls and congratulates Narendra Modi for BJP's success in the assembly election. FIR against the Quint journalist Poonam Magarwal under the Official Secrets Act. Uh criminal trespass and abetment to suicide. Two cops suspended for harassing cousins under anti-Romeo drive in UP. The anti-Romeo drive made a lot of air time uh, and was quite hysterical a shocking attack on uh, african students in noida where five of them were brutally beaten i think six actually then the beef with beef in up slaughterhouse is being closed and supreme court has ordered cctv cameras to be installed in courts but without providing for audio recording because you know that makes It's so much sense it's a mime act <laughs> uh, I mean, what on earth why without sound because Hey, good looking. Hey, Kaju. Hey, good looking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, especially in what Delhi. What is the logic? Please give me one reason why there's no sound. M- MCBC Gali is probably, you know. This is why a series like, uh, you know, Making of a Murderer or something will never come out of India because you can never have a drill, genuine courtroom scene. We'll only have Tariq with Tariq type. Sorry, go, Raghu. 
it depends on whether anyone's going to start morphing any audio onto those videos, which I think <laughs> I assume won't take very long. That's, That's a, a great idea. idea. A dub smash video of yeah. court recording. Dub smash. That'd be so. That's actually a great idea. Well, great idea to be in jail for the next twenty years. Believe me. Contempt of God. No, you know, there's a lot of tolerance. I found like when I was up for that. Yeah, says the woman who's been hauled up for contempt. What tolerance? I just got no. I, in the court, when I was hauled up for contempt of court, contempt of court, I was waiting for the case. It was supposed to be the first case that morning, considered very serious and all that. And suddenly, before our case begins, as a young man, not young, like in his thirties, walks up. and he starts giving this long spiel against the judiciary against the judges against the government against everything and just talks for like 10 15 minutes he goes on and on and on blasting everybody he says his bit and he leaves so i said what was that about he says it's not, the lawyer tells me he comes every morning to the supreme court it's a ritual they let him do his screaming and then he goes well they also hey. admitted that lady is ban on sikh sardar jokes so obviously they have a lot of tolerance but only when they want but i'll just quickly go down the list then the janta dal united has started officially projecting party leader and bihar chief minister nitish kumar as a prime ministerial candidate for 2019 for a secular front i don't know how many others would agree to that then pm modi pulls out of the economic times global business summit we carried a piece on that aadhar not mandatory for welfare schemes but mandatory for uh, other stuff like filing returns I, i really don't know what sense that makes i'm i'm perplexed and anything else that any of you want to discuss that made the news the past week feel free and we also have three very valuable emails and one very angry one from our subscribers so let's go with our guest first raghu um yeah i agree with that you know it's it's been on my mind uh, a fair amount this uh, journalist punam agarwal being charged under the um uh, official secrets act and personally i i uh, i've been looking at the responses the responses i've seen uh, seem uh seem to indicate quite a lot of uh satisfaction with the fact that she's been charged and i don't understand that at all to me uh, nobody should be glad to see a journalist um someone who's manifestly not involved in espionage being prosecuted under the official secrets act i think that that um is a very i, I don't see how it was necessary and i think that it sets a Yeah, somewhat alarming precedent. I completely agree, and also with the fact that there's not enough outrage. You know, I wrote a piece on the possibility of her having leaked her sources or revealed her sources to the authorities, and I gave the example of Judith Miller, who went to prison, and I wrote a very long piece. You can read on News Laundry. Not the possibility she did reveal But, her sources. Well, uh, uh, she, she says she says didn't. She didn't. so uh, the the you know the 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 police says that she has the newspaper says she has but she says she hasn't but irrespective i mean there there have been some screw ups to the story but that's a separate matter on this that raghu is talking about um i spoke with two journalists who have been on trial on official secrets act uh you know between 10 to 15 years is how much they battled both were quashed finally but they so i'm going on a piece on this actually raghu about how all journalists should be uh, alarmed and those two that i presume you spoke to yes. were harassment cases so what this is what they say they said no journalist can ever be guilty under this but even now they said sure you can use the information we're giving you but do not name us so it works the harassment works see all the cases have but been quashed but why would they not why would they tell you to not name them everybody knows who they are they were it's there may been, be there may be many more no uh, there are others in fact i thought there were just these two there about six such cases okay so theirs have been quashed but even that though theirs have been quashed they don't want to be named and what they say is one of them says i still have a case pending so you know any time the police wants to like put some pressure on me they'll they will challenge my case. bail no they'll challenge bail because he's got bail right mm. 
one case has been quashed and one he's got bail so it works and you know mm-hmm. uh, I, i think it it's shocking and i completely agree with raghu it people should have made a bigger shit about this so we we should still yeah, can, make the shit now can i jump here with another observation about this uh, uh, about this case that's been filed against her which is that i think there's a very important uh, convention um that when uh, a journalist or when a, when a publication makes an egregious mistake which i which i suppose i agree uh, occurred over here hmm. that the publication that the main sort of um, body that's prosecuted is the publication and not the individual journalist you know in fact my heart is really going out to this punam agrawal because as i understand that she's been named um in the case in the complaint but the quint has not been now mm. that uh, seems like almost a deliberate omission yeah that's Even unusual the, uh, also the convention the convention's quite clear that you mainly charge you mainly uh, prosecute the publication and that deliberate omission indicates something to me maybe uh, that may, that that feels like it's part of a broader shift and possibly a broader chilling effect on the on the degree of on the latitude that journalists have to actually um poke their noses into places right that uh, uh, authorities uh, might not want them anand you were saying yeah no i mean i of course, I, i agree with you and raghu and but i'll just like to make a couple of points and one is that i mean we've at news laundry i think manisha has we've talked about this case hmm. at length and i think somehow i feel that the the publication house or the media house has washed its hands of the journalist they should have apologized on day 1 because clearly to the general public a i mean for a start to the family to the family to the general public to the army whatever they didn't there was absolutely there was like you know uh, conspicuous uh, silence and uh, now what they've done is they've kind of washed their hands off the whole story per se so if the journalist is bearing the brunt of it it tells you that uh, i mean the owner is, is kind of just uh, uh, this is fair to be fair yeah. the quint has published yesterday mm-hmm. a very long explanation for the story what they consider the triggers what they their justification i think this should have come out sooner Yes. The complete silence that Quint had when this first came up because there are certain practices that are questionable we've all discussed it threadbare certain filters before. were not there yeah. were certain filters that were definitely not there um the the really tragic part here is that when you make these mistakes when you don't have these rigors editorially you open up in this case the journalist but also the publication to this kind of harassment right. which is really what slapping the osa is it is harassment I, yeah. and picking the journalist in particular what is it it's intimidation that's and I, it i believe i believe dj you're right but i i believe that the silence of quint has led to the persecution of just the journalist and not the, i well, you know I'm let not, me just hmm, so official secret act secret act is one of the most draconian Yeah, laws that you know. It's a colonial era law. It's absolutely yeah, astonishing. Yeah. It is the scariest thing you can think of. Maybe after sedition law, I don't. I don't know which one is more draconian. Possibly this one. Uh, uh, you know. But the point is, had they, uh, you know, even if they felt they were in the right after the story got published, they should have come up with an explanation, mm. and they could have taken all the weight, enormous weight of everyone, people who were critical of the story, people who did not like the story, off this journalist. which is probably the role of the media i mean if right. if you have a journalist writing for you 
you stand up for even if it is right or wrong you give your explanation or you or you have some sort yeah, of but they've actually I know transferred this manisha's working on a story on this do you want to talk about hmm. this right now i would rather wait no, for the story no i don't want to talk on the story much because i'm still talking to people but i think there are two things here one is the quints reportage and one the second thing is roy matthews death and the investigation into roy matthews death and we're just conflating a lot of things at least people are i think quint has definitely you know screwed up there are certain things they should have taken care of they haven't like anand said they should have explained they should have they shouldn't have waited for an waited for an fir to explain their stance so that aside roy matthews death the trigger what really happened has to be investigated independently you have to look at uh, his seniors role you have to look at you know the what role the report could have played in triggering that and the osa is an extreme thing to do it's against somebody who's helped the enemy nation like there's she has i mean i'm i'm the quint its editors its reporters have done i mean they've screwed up big time on the story i feel but nothing to suggest that it should they should be slapped with an osa for this okay, and guys like, please uh, sorry i just want to quote one bit from the law itself huh on a prosecution for an offence punishable under this section it shall not be necessary to show that the accused person was guilty of any particular act tending to show a purpose prejudicial to the safety or interests of the state like so it they can interpret your yeah. action any way yeah. they want madhuri was saying yeah what i was saying is that it was has been the tradition that whenever somebody uh, does a story which the authorities do not like the tradition has always been to leave the journalist alone and to go after Absolutely. the owners yeah put do uh, income tax raids on the owners sometimes even put them in jail and then the owner puts the pressure on the editor and the editor puts pressure on the journalist if they attack this government has cut out the middleman this government exactly this <laughs> government this government instead usually the you see what has changed the reason why they can do this and get away with it is because say 10 years ago if somebody attacked a journalist in this way such as slap a case that is unfair uh, the whole journalistic com- community would come out on the streets would there'd be dharnas at the press club and everybody would stand by the journalist today the journalistic community is so discredited and so uh, disorganized and nobody is standing next to each other Ev- sab um, chaplusi mein busy hain and jo marre ya marne do that is the attitude and that is why the government has understood that and that's why they can go after the journalist alone and that is why the the quint management also has understood that they don't need to stick their neck out for a journalist because they if they do so their own company is in jeopardy also i think it so may be so this is a change and this is a new thing because slapping with this official secrets act the minute i was told as we were discussing it i said i was against her giving the sources away but, and i really dis, uh, you know was disappointed that any journalist would do that because it's it's a very ugly and terrible precedent for journalists in the future but if somebody files this kind of a, a official secret act is nothing else but harassment and, and the journalistic go, community has to stand by her in some sense and the thing is uh, you know uh, while i was researching for my piece i stumbled upon a case about 15 years ago uh, a journalist had basically called from a cabinet note on disinvestment of ioc he was charged under the official secrets <laughs> act and when the court actually uh, dismissed that it said that it doesn't apply to document only applies to password or code so there's just because it says secret doesn't mean secret it was very interesting how the court interpreted so i mean uh, but you see abhinandan the thing is can i jump back in yeah sure applying that logic then it doesn't apply to you know, this is very inter- been a very interesting event to follow just in terms of optics Hmm. I remember when the story first came out I I checked it out and I remember um that uh 
it seemed to me that in this current climate where everyone is trying to signal that they're very pro-military, the story was trying to do exactly that. It was trying to stand up for the Indian, for the regular Javan. Um, hmm. and, uh, and, and to indicate some kind of, uh, you know, so, some kind of exploitation. Now, when the backlash began, it quickly turned into, uh, it, it quickly turned into Poonam Sharma individually and also the Quint collectively b- being, uh, anti-military and anti-army, hmm. um, all of which I don't think is the case, but, uh, what, what, what it's finally worked out to is this appearance that the army, I mean, I know the army is, is not, uh, who is in charge of prosecuting this case. But the, the appearance in terms of optics is that the army is prosecuting a journalist uh, who criticized their practices for being a spy. And I think that just ends up being in the, the most sort of, uh, the, the worst optics, that, that, the worst outcome in terms of, um, of appearances for the army itself. Right. Um, uh, c- can we just move on to the next one now? I would just like to quickly um, talk about this anti-Romeo drive. Uh, and Delhi police also wanting to execute the anti-Romeo drive. Others have made this point. While I, you know, don't endorse the anti-Romeo drive, I think what happens in its guise is ridiculous. But, um, you know, let's start with Anand and then we can come to the ladies and then Raghu after that. You think issues like anti-Romeo drive, Tunde Kebab, it distracted from the bigger issues of the finance bill because it seems television increasingly sets, you know, the, the news agenda. Uh, it's not really print, or at least in the the way we perceive it, we may be completely wrong. Uh, I just want your views on that. W- was everybody wrong in focusing on that, or is it justified? That needs to be pointed to, and it has to be played up the way it was. No, I mean it. It has to. It. I think it was absolutely justified. Of course, uh, everyone At the cost goes of over the, finance the top. Bill? Okay, I'm going to be uh, very controversial in saying yes, and the reason for that is that this the stupidity of the anti Romeo drive. First of all, calling this damn thing Romeo. I mean, for heaven's sake. <laughs> all right. The, the <laughs> Raghu's chuckling there, I can see. Uh, okay. Uh, this is preposterous. And uh, I mean, I can go into, of course, um, uh, psychological aspect of why people do this. It's, it's obviously As they're suffering the from Romeos a complex. Or the anti-Romeos? <laughs> now, the, the anti-Romeo. I mean, the people who institutionalize, you know, such kind of barbarity. They, they suffer from a complex. You know, let's be honest about it. You know, and that's they're not getting, they're not getting enough. Well, then uh, <laughs> you're not yeah, getting none. Possibly, I don't know. <laughs> you know, jeans ni penni, ye ni karna skirt aise, You know, segregate karo ko, and you know all that stuff. So uh, now the thing is, this actually affects a lot of people on the on the streets. I Will mean, it the really? Youngsters. Matlab, won't it I be weekend? Think. Weekend yeah. mein ho jaega, phir nikal nahin, finance nahin bill is here to stay. Nahin, but okay, let me tell you about the finance bill. The thing is, the intricacies of that, you know, fiendishly possibly written by Jaitley and his, you know, I don't know, 100 people who look like and, uh, you know, write like Jaitley. Uh, you read that damn finance bill 10 times to understand one paragraph. So, you know, and it's A, it's in Rajya Sabha and you can see. So, uh, uh, you know, debating the intricacies of finance bill was, I would say, less of a story than the fact that the whole damn collection got in, in, you know, incorporated into the money bill, right? That is a bigger story, that how you can actually do that, you trying to bypass the Rajya Sabha. But the second time they've done this, right? Yeah, but this time it was like, Third you know, time. Third time. Third okay. time, but this time it is like, you know, uh, it's absolutely clear-cut. These are in no way money bills. Okay, Manisha. No, I think that the finance bills were also very important and it's... But I do see why a Tunde Kebab and a Romeo store, it just impacts 
immediately impacts a lot of people. So because it's visual, visual. So, it's, made, yeah. it's visual, it's right? It's made television for television. news sort of a thing. But of course, I think finance bill should have gotten more time. At least those two days when they were, when it was passed. Yeah, I think that the Romeo thing. I mean, it just has immediate resonance for a lot of people. See, you can criticize the fine, and this this is where I have kind of toned down my outrage against Aadhaar hmm. and uh, against freedom of speech and against that because. Yeah, I mean, I've, it's just, you know. You have resigned. He said, defeated. resigned. Yeah, it's the courts defeated. have defeated me. The yeah. government has defeated me. But we'll come to that. I have a take on that. Yeah. DJ. So this anti-Romeo thing, um, squad. Now, uh, we have a story coming up on this. Um, it should be up by the time the hafta is up, actually. A ground report from... Yes, a ground report because our uh, crack reporter, Amit Bharadwaj, went on a drive with the anti-Romeo chaps and uh, uh, Abhinandan is of the belief because he has that look in his eyes so the anti-Romeo guys could have gone after Amit, him. Amit has green eyes so when I read the headline that they look into the eyes to check if these guys... Se se I said, Ye gaya, reporter. <laughs> but he has come back alive. No, more seriously, um, what... And alone or with someone? Well, I'm going to leave you to read he the story and find actually. out. That would have been nice. Uh, no, that would not have been nice, Manisha. That would have been a horror. <laughs> okay, coming back to the point. Um, it's a ground report. It's a ground report, not just with the anti-Romeo guys, but also with the people who feel safer mm. and those who don't feel safe. So it's speaking to a lot of people and a range of opinions. But it's something that uh, we've noticed from a lot of people that on the ground, there's a certain degree of support for this. Not because people enjoy having their public lives monitored in this way, but because there is a genuine law and order problem which does not get addressed. And I think the logic there is, if this is how it will get addressed, so be it. Um, I personally find this a ridiculous move, but then I'm not in a situation where I face this problem on a regular basis. I have to admit, I have the privilege of being in safe-ish public transport. I, yeah, I, I'm privileged. So I don't face a lot of the harassment that clearly a lot of people in UP, in North India, women are facing on a daily basis. No, DJ, you're right. But you cannot go after couples. Like, and in this no, case, you cousins can't. and, you know, brothers and you sisters. I Especially mean, just... on the basis of something like Aankho Mein Dikh Raha Tha. Like, Father and crap? daughter, yeah. Come on. Um, I mean, that didn't but happen. that said, my issue with privileging these and also by the way the tunde kebab thing it was a non-story yeah they hadn't shut down i mean they had closed for a little more than an hour or something like that um but i think more than television setting the agenda it's social media that sets the agenda for tv and then tv sets it for everyone else these are short-sighted optics at the best of times losing sight of major civil liberties that we're losing by something like the finance bill. For journalists to not decode that legalese jargon, that is irresponsible. We are failing our jobs as journalists when we do that. We need to be able to set the agenda rather than follow it, right. especially in cases like here, this. Here, I, I want but to Madhu, add, Madhu's view. I, I think I'd be even more strong uh, Dipanjana on this issue uh, I think we've been beyond irresponsible to ignore the way this money bill was passed and the kind of points that that have they have gotten away with they are really um, it's like part of corruption it's part of dishonesty it's part of going against the constitution it's against people's rights it's everything wrong and the 
media is i don't care about the optics and the interest and and trps if you're going to go on romeo uh, this thing and all these stories these are minor stories like a two minute story or something it's not something it's not to spend it's not a one hour debate and what should have been done is like you take the railway budget apart you take the budget apart exactly this thing should have been taken apart minusculely point by point and there should have been far more outrage even if it was manufactured uh, which is uh, what Raghu, journalists yeah. do there should have been outrage that how could this happen in a democracy raghu your view why does that get such little air time should it get more uh, yeah i what you know i i have to agree and i think to the last week or two weeks has been sort of a, a, a quite an extraordinary lesson for everyone for journalists and for news consumers in signal jamming that is in uh, in the kind of uh tendency for uh for diversions to be launched into uh the news space just to draw attention away from certain things now for me the the more embarrassing sort of uh what what dominated the news that was more embarrassing was not really the anti romeo drive which is a very legitimate story but um the nature of the coverage of this uh shiv sena mp gaykwad and his and his little lafra on the on the air india plane obviously that was that was pretty pathetic that was pretty bad form but it is not a story of any national significance and not really of great broader significance at all given what we know about mps in general to me it seemed very clear especially if you followed the timelines of certain um very uh of certain journalists from particular organizations with very large followings that this was being um this is being played up in a very uh, in in order to cover uh, the the sort of so it's a very deliberate uh, move basically freak, yeah the, the the airwaves in a sense it seemed to me at the time it seemed that it was it was uh, calculated in order to give news organizations cover so that they did not have to enter the the difficult questions of criticizing another mp's record specifically yogi adityanath which includes very credible and very serious offenses that is that, true um, no people don't necessarily aditya now i think i think, I think there's one point that i would like crazy. to once there's one point that i would like to make taking off from what ragu said i think i would even float a conspiracy theory maybe an unconscious in a subconscious conspiracy theory that this bill the the money bill was not discussed was only because if they did they would have to go and and, and be open about being anti modi and i think most people are avoiding that these days you mean the news would have to the news the, would have had to ravish took it up ravish took up the yeah but he's he's been doing he's comfortable doing that all the time but the main the others not one of them no one and took i think it up. they i think it was a decision taken not unconsciously like if we discuss this we will have to say that how did you pass all this without debate how did you pass this point 1 point 2 point 3 it's unacceptable it's undemocratic i mean giving money to a party and you don't have to disclose i mean Where come on come everything from, yeah. is so self serving they think that they're going to be in power forever also please do so read our piece was, on it on i really do feel that it is it was a planned thing that let's not discuss it because we'll get into anti modi affairs and it can't be sir. a coincidence that you know you look at all the new media the wire us we, there was so much scroll as well so much of chatter that we tried to generate on this it did become a trending topic on social media yeah. that ultimate badge of honor um but it didn't make it to television but nowhere close to television so the the same tv that will pick on uh you know this is the trending uh, yeah. hashtag 
totally ignored this yeah. and times now went with how long no so times now at least for two days and it's interesting that ragu pointed it out and i sort of connects the things now because they for two prime times they were just like guy code ko apologize is this what we want rogue whatever MP, yeah rogue mp so it's easy because then you don't have to criticize either romeo squad which is yogi adityanath or the bill which is modi you just conveniently go and you know talk about shivsana also today they were uh, hashtag what a justice for uh, Iqbal or some there's a Muslim lady who's spoken out against triple talaq. Yeah. yeah. Now they've so now they've gone to town with that on the basis of one bite of one woman. Uh, you know. But anyway, and also I just want to point out maybe we're living in the times of, um, you know, Aadhaar also was one of the trending subjects and we carried a piece on that. Again, that also hasn't been dissected. Although there were a couple of pieces on yeah. that yeah. on television. Uh, I just want to read out <coughs> this post by a friend of mine who's actually. Uh, I think he's now got his US citizenship. So he's posted Watch my condolences. Yeah, he's posted a uh, article from cnn.com. A headline Congress just killed your internet privacy protections and this is his comment. Ah conservatism, I love how you conserve Comcast's right to sell my data to whoever. Unlike Facebook and Google search which are free services funded by advertising, I pay $70 a month for my broadband service. Make my internet free if you feel entitled to do what you want with my data. maybe a future conservative government will try to conserve things for now we have a bunch of no talent as clowns at the helm so apparently this whole thing of you know this monitoring and whatever your data is available can be sold by your service provider they've also passed a bill in the us so it may be universal this complete disregard for privacy. people's privacy and i'm wondering should we just like anand throw up our hands and say okay fuck it that's how it is going to be <laughs> no I'm- you know what i what i think is also universal is that as these uh, is that as the protections of, uh, of of citizens privacy are being eroded um and that you know and if, i think what's happened in india just now is that in some sort of fundamental way our bill of rights has just sort of been transformed and i think we'll come to that when we talk more about aadhaar uh the uh, i think it's it's also a global ph- phenomenon that this kind of signal jamming is happening i mean trump really made us aware of it in the first place because yeah. it they became it very clearly uh was the case that he could tweet any sort of nonsense and it would get more airplay than than substantive policy changes um and i think meghnath sah made a very good observation that you know while the while the the focus on kaikwad and and air india seemed to be the media covering its own backside um meghnath pointed out that yogi being um invited um, yogi speaking during the presentation of the money bill seemed calculated and i think this is uh this is quite All plausible right. so that that seemed happened at the same time to to, to me by the government to allow uh, the media to focus on his presence there rather than on what he was actually talking about which sorry that's a, went under that, the that's radar. a good call i wasn't aware of this so while yogi was making that speech of his which everyone cut to live that's the time this bill was being debated in parliament it was yeah, at the same yeah, time yeah. yes oh dear that is clever that is fucking deviously clever it's not so clever is it's more how stupid we are but there was a lovely moment in parliament there was stupid. a lovely moment in parliament you when you don't have to cover it live you don't have to cover yogi live stick with the parliament
But there was a uh, MP from Telangana. No, sorry, I'm I'm referring to Yogi speaking in Parliament during yeah. the presentation of the money bill. Yeah, and uh, an MP from Telangana who uh, said that you know for a second I thought I was in the UP Assembly because that's what it sounded like. Now we'll go back to finance bill. Oh, I see. You know, so she made that point. Of course, no one actually caught it, but you know. <laughs> no, actually, journalists should have pointed that out. Why was journalists should have been speak? doing yeah. a lot of things while the finance bill was being discussed? Let's not forget for an entire month, the finance bill was sitting there not being looked at. Yes, you know, we all got our knickers in a twist when the amendments were put up. But even in the original draft, there are a lot of laws that have been just bunged in there, twisted out of shape, which is why N.K. Premchandran of Revolutionary Socialist Party, a party that I will admit I did not even know existed. But uh, he is now my new hero because from day one, he's been going on about this bill and nobody has been listening. (laughs) But, um, you know, but I will say, coming back to the anti-Romeo squad, and maybe I'm trying to extract silver linings from dark clouds, but I mean, honestly, it was a first. The cops who were the overzealous cops uh, and also Siddharthnath Singh's press conference, I think made a huge difference. I haven't seen that happen in the past. Like this Shiv Sena MP, right? They're brazening it out. Yeah. Uh, they're saying that the Air India is at fault. For the first time, Siddharthnath Singh said, okay, there's a problem. You cannot be so excited that you start sealing every shop. These shops have a right to stay open, the ones that have permits. And also two cops were suspended for, again, the overzealous act- actions against Romeo squad. There was immediate retribution. So... I'm just saying that is also a first. Otherwise, they brazen out. They said, "Fuck it, you know, we'll yeah, do what I we mean, want." And see, this is again. We are, we are always reactive, never proactive. This fellow uh, MP MLA Siddharth Nath Singh, mm. there was no need for him to. I mean, if you're starting on something, it is a given that yeah, but they I'm will not. Be, you know, I, I understand. I'm not saying that it's oh, it's okay. All I'm saying is it's better than what we are used to. I, see, this uh, that's is the forever all. thing. You know, the pit we fall in. Something is better than. Yeah, then, you know, uh, so, <laughs> I don't know. But I Sorry also think there's a little. So no, I also think there's something slightly worrying about these uh, statements uh, that are made unless they are actually backed by um, that. You know, walking that talk because I think there's a certain amount of uh, reaction that anti Romeos and shutting of slaughterhouses got. This man makes a public statement. We all say, "Acha, very good, very good. You did this," but. Things go on. And two cops suspended. I'm just saying. They were suspended. Okay. But uh, you're saying, uh, just want to point out one thing of um, Jaggi wrote a piece for the Swaraj. Welcome one on. And you said if it's illegal, it should, you know, remain illegal. It's actually not so simple because I was watching one show. A lot of these slaughterhouses are legal, but they have to get their license renewed every year. It's not like driving license will get or be saltak niona. The process for getting it renewed was a non-existent process. Like, it didn't exist. So even if you had a license, it's you you submitted in whichever office is a relevant office, no one would get back to you. Hey, nahi hai. Mm. It was as good but as also, not there. Uh, now, in such circumstances, people aren't going to stop working, you know? And this government can't say that wasn't our government because no matter which parties in government, I think their relationship with the public is a bit like their relationship with international, you know, treaties. You can't say that this is a rule. Yeah, wo Manmohan Singh, that Modi won't follow it. But on the subject of slaughterhouses, Michael Safi did a report from Gorakhpur for Guardian in which he spoke to a bunch of uh, uh, butchers whose shops were shut down. One of them in particular goes on record with his name and everything to say that 
I've been trying to renew my license yeah. since X year. It is because of the Hindu Yuva Vahini's uh, sort of, you know, concerted attack against meat being sold at all that this has got more complicated. And I haven't got my license renewed because of this. And one of them actually had the, the document the, exactly. on television. He was showing his document. He's saying, I keep going there. So in such circumstances, you know, it's it, it's no longer black and white. That's my view. I think it's clear that uh, that when it comes to um, this kind of industrial regulation, which is not how it's been described or, or how it's been discussed by the government, uh, it, it, it very rarely is black and white. Now, we, have, we, we, we uh, give certain kinds of companies an unbelievable amount of, uh, of, of leash when it comes to meeting, for instance, environmental uh, um, assessments and so on. But uh, the media sort of, in a somewhat polarized manner, seem to rush into this to either declare that uh, all of these, that, that it, it began to seem like all or none of the slaughterhouses in UP were legal, when in fact it, it, it increasingly seems like um, there's a whole battery of, of permits and licenses that apply, and it's very easy to be in violation of some of them and to be in uh, accordance with others. You know, a certain... Uh, some information went out at some point that was being shared by a lot of journalists that out of 126 um, slaughterhouses in UP, 125 had proven to be illegal. And that was plainly wrong. I, took, I mean, or rather it was plainly a very tendentious description of what was happening there. I went and looked at the website of the APEDA, which I think is the Agricultural Produce and Export Development Association, which is meant to authorize slaughterhouses to export. And those are licenses that are given after an initial pollution control um, sort of certification. And they had uh, they had they had licensed I don't know what what looked like about a dozen or or, or several slaughterhouses that that were, that were still licensed. And I don't know whether the others had applied for them and and hadn't received them and so on. So I think the very the the very definition of what's legal and illegal is something that. Um, that journalists need to pay a little bit more attention to when it comes to things like this. And when we pitch into furious battles uh, and politicized battles about whether what the government is doing is right or wrong, because because that's not a straightforward definition in the first place. Go, oh, Anand. Yeah, no, I mean, three or four things here. You know, the, the first thing, uh, when I started tracking the story, I, I began it with Amit Shah in an election rally on, I think, uh, February 11th or something, or maybe before that, I can't remember that he said on 12th of March, we will shut all, not just legal, uh, not just illegal, but all slaughterhouses. He said that in election rally. Yes. Okay. And there's a video recording of that as well. Hmm. So I, I t- tweeted it and obviously, you know, out came the avalanche. <laughs> no, he said it for all and the news report clearly said it. Hmm. Then I started investigating and, uh, you know, what Raghu is saying is right. The, the national, the NGT, uh, uh, the the UP board admitted that out of 100 or the government admitted out of 126 125 did not have the license uh, to uh, function as a slaughterhouse pollution license so that doesn't mean that they were illegal you see there are two things one license mm-hmm. was missing yeah Great. now uh, according to the latest reports uh, of Indian Express and New Indian Express and I think Deccan Chronicle as well there are 130 legal uh, abattoirs or you know uh, slaughterhouses mechanized slaughterhouses. And Amit Shah has also said in his election rally 
that we will close all mechanized slaughterhouses. Are you sure you're not making all this up? No, I'm not. <laughs> Because okay. I, I have come through, you know, आग के दरिया से जो गुजरता है, आग का दरिया means abuse. See, because he eats so, गाजर का पराठा. We pointed this out earlier. <laughs> no, I, the thing is, the moment the avalanche strikes you, then you check. You, then you double check. I mean, even even though you check once, but you check ten times. So you know, so I'm just telling you what happened. Now you see about this legal illegal thing. What Avinandan you said, it has an element of truth in it because obviously you can't just overnight demolish all the slums. Okay, mm. that's one thing. And there is a Supreme Court judgment as well about the pavement rights. If you remember, very famous, you know that people can sleep on the pavements. Right. Very famous uh, judgment. But in this case, when the Supreme Court has said, when the NGT has said, has given about two years, not. One month or two years to get your house in order, and it poses an enormous health risk. Hmm. You know because you have all the um, uh, the pollution that's coming out of these slaughterhouses. It's contaminating the water, the, the surrounding everything. You get your house in order. That's point number one. Point number two is when they go after the illegal slaughterhouses, there has to be an absolutely direct. Communication from the uh, you know the topmost officer, which is in this case or the person Yogi Adityanath, saying this is exactly these are exactly the violators we will go after. These are the ones we will spare. Okay, and the third thing is if you have difficulty in getting the license, I don't quite buy that argument, and I'll tell you why because you know it's very difficult to, for example, get a lot of licenses uh, you know made. Even if you're running, for example, a TV channel or whatever, just an example, hmm. sand mafia. Okay, getting uh, you know legally getting sand. That doesn't mean if you don't get the license, if your license is not renewed, you you know carry on after it. But let me add to that. Uh, see, now th- there was a lot of thing that they're going to protest this. You know, a lot hmm. of meat shop owners and slaughterhouses are going to protest this. They're going to you know down their shutters uh, when they found out that they were running legally and they they had difficulty in procuring the licenses. A lot of them. They they should have you know gotten together and said look you bloody well streamline this but they have that is that is one of the demands that they are making no they're making it now right they could have made it when Supreme Court said get your house in order so get your licenses get everything you know it's actually a health risk as well that's one of the reasons you know okay I just want to quickly uh, read out a letter from a. Former subscriber hey, and I'll... Uh, b- before we move on, can I just yeah. stick my neck out and make a prediction? Sure. I probably shouldn't, but I my uh, my expectation is actually that this will blow over pretty quick. Um, it isn't hasn't been widely reported, but the fact I think it's not a secret that um, plenty of um, abattoir and slaughterhouse owners are donors or to the BJP and are supporters of the BJP. It's not yes. actually as monolithically a Muslim trade or um, a Muslim employing industry as it as it's being projected. I think that um, for the purposes of a certain kind of signaling, this has been very effective to the to to the constituents and to and to the state of UP and to the country. But I have a feeling that this is that uh, we will see the attention um, to uh, what it was maintaining supposed... the the you know the highest standards of legality in this industry. We'll see that falling off. What it was supposed to do, it did. Okay, I have to move on. Just one second. One hundred and four million. UPIs are non-vegetarians. Okay. So, lekin bhai, lekin. I I have I keep boasting about this in every tenth hafta. You know, having uh, been the co-producer and co-director of one of the most successful food shows in the country. You didn't uh, have to do that. I I keep keep one of the most successful. I uh, have covered every inch of UP eating, 
बट रॉकी मे से टुंडे इज द बेस्ट बट आई थिंक द मथुरा की चार्ट kicks everything's ass please yaar what a it comparison tunde kebab and mathura yeah. chaat also, anyway. what chaat indore indore is top From of its game but kebab or chaat yaar banaras can compare the two <laughs> they put this malai with the kachori and chutney oh come on okay <laughs> i don't know what you guys are talking about curd rice is the best okay. in the world okay yes that's the tamilian yani ka shaapad ya another thing we finally agree on ara ha shaapad Okay now uh, I have to read this very angry mail from one of our subscribers in fact I think Rahul if I remember correctly is also an NL Sena member he had actually contributed a significant amount of money to do one of the NL Sena stories um hello team NL a few pertinent issues were taken up in hafta 112 with nice viewpoints from the panel but I felt extremely disgusted by your apathy as the hafta kept playing and ended without even a passing mention of the doctors agitation strike dharna You couldn't spend ten minutes on the condition of healthcare in India, but went to eulogize yourself as the dying breed of liberals. Apni khud ki aur kitni lal karoge. Apart from Ravish, who frankly I only used to perceive as a scaremongering cynic, none of the media houses actually tried to understand the problem of healthcare or try to give a balanced view on the present problem. Is he a doctor? He's a doctor. And he's in India. He's not in India, but he has been. Now he's overseas. A certain Mr. Nirgudkar from Z24, Tas, even went on to say, "God heals, but the doctor charges the fees." But most of the media preferred to give it a royal ignore, and that includes the almighty holier than thou team news laundry. Mr. Mamunkar almost lost his eye. This was uh, the doctor who was beaten up because um, the that video was available. It was shocking how they bashed him up. He may still lose it. In fact, his orbital bone got fractured. which frankly cannot be broken without a very significant trauma and it's not a stray incident more than 50 such incidents of physical assault have taken place in the last year alone the agitation for demanding a functional level of security at work is merely a short term perk the doctors are asking for so that they can continue to work and not paralyze the already crumbling healthcare system in the country the final solution still remains as the complete overhaul of the system more spending and demanding more accountability but i'm sure it won't happen It won't happen because we the people don't care about the healthcare problem till the very last moment. We depend on the advice of everyone from Dr Oz like I cure all yoga gurus and wellness experts to Pados wali aunty ji and the super god tantrics till the moment they can't really survive without an ICU. They also don't care because the media doesn't care enough for a healthcare to expose the deficiencies of the existing system and spark a debate or inspire people to question the authorities. doctors and nurses who are the face of this decaying system end up presenting themselves as soft targets to public anger and frustration towards the system this agitation is just a way of the medic saying we refuse to present we refuse to be present as punching bags for you all public and doctors want the same thing a system that works for all but we are not going to fight it alone anymore if people want better health you all need to demand it from the authorities the media is supposed to help in portraying this but then dot 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 It basically isn't doctors versus patients it never was and it never will be but just think about the future the way it's going and you won't have credible doctors left in the country or at least in the public sector to beat up the government boasts of spending a huge amount of money on medical education which is an outright and blatant lie all they spend is in maintaining a hospital with various departments and you might well judge how much they are spending on that medical education in india merely is merely a byproduct of running a public hospital because apart from three or four departments which are purely academic the staff and facilities 
of all other departments are mainly utilized in the patient care. No free lecture there, you see. Then based on this beefed up figure of spending per medical student, the newly graduated doctors are made to sign a service bond in a village as a way to repay the society. Now I have no issue in repaying the society or our rural folk and a majority of us do enter those places with zero security, almost no facilities and provide substandard health services to totally neglected folk. But it is only logical to think whether the government doesn't spend on the IITs, the engineering institutes, the law college and so on. Should they not be expected to work in rural areas to upgrade the supporting infrastructure for the healthcare to flourish? Should not the media question all this? Should the media help in rationalizing common people's expectations from the person trying to make do with whatever is available and help the patient in the best way possible? I had huge hopes from News Laundry, but you couldn't spare 10 minutes on this situation. Even that bloody Fawad Khan was discussed on at least two haftas for God's sake. Frankly, I'm fed up of such hyped up intellectual bullshit. Go on, make heroes and villains of the political figures. I'm not going to bother you more with this rant now. In fact, I'm not going to bother with NL at all. <laughs> more than a subscriber, you have lost a follower. I believed in NL. Alvida, Rahul. In all uh, fairness, Rahul, I will say, and DJ and Manisha will back me up on this. I wish you'd send this email five days ago. We were looking for a doctor to give the doctor's perspective. Were we not, DJ? We were. That we is were true. That I is actually true. found one. And Madhu was looking, DJ was looking. I spoke to my cousins who are doctors. They said they'd love to write a piece, but they can't right now because I understand they're really busy. But if he can write a piece, we'd welcome we it. We can carry this piece, Rahul. Uh, we really appreciate your no, support. No, I would prefer him to actually write his personal experiences of what, when he was working in India, I presume he was, he must have at least done a year of internship or something somewhere, uh, what his experience was at that time. It. I think every doctor in India has experienced this at some point. Or yeah, even do a long deep dive sort of a report on this, speaking to people who work in government hospitals. Maybe we should do a deep dive, but I do think, and uh, why, uh, and DJ, we discussed this, that when I saw Fadnavis's bite, get back to work or we'll show you, I just thought that's not fair because... And I will say, I mean, uh, this is, it is, it, he's absolutely right. We did not cover it. Uh, we didn't give it the kind of coverage it deserves um, as, a, as an organization ourselves. Uh, but it is also a problem that we face, which is that in a time when there are so many media organizations, there were actually a lot of articles on this. Uh, and to find a different perspective, which was why Abhinandan's idea of getting a first-person account seemed like a really good idea even though it was very hard to get because doctors are as Rahul will know extremely busy people and they do not have the time to sit down and type out thousand word articles for us and on actually a regular my first basis. idea was to send the camera into a government hospital but the um, procedure and the permissions required very for that was just huge um, uh, so Raghu you have something to say before I move on to Anand on you, did you did you guys carry a piece yeah, on this they did. Or they did can we drag you in as well uh, no? <laughs> Yeah, I think we may have, but I wasn't involved in editing it. Uh, I have to say, I respect um, I respect that position, and it's a it was a tough. It, you know, it's not always e easy to cover everything that's Im that's important. But I really respect his bringing attention so forcefully to this one. Sure, and Rahul not making excuses, just letting you know, uh, Manisha was out of town covering the next NL Sena project. Amit was in uh, Lucknow. He was with the anti Romeo with the anti Romeo squad because that story told. Shruti was in uh, Dadri. Dadri. Uh, so we really, and we just have like six full-time uh, reporters, but yeah, point taken. Um, very justified, you know, your anger is very justified. And I can I can tell you that 
as uh, Abhinandan, uh, you know, quoted uh, Fadnavi saying that, the arrogance of the politicians when it comes to doctors, you know, they completely forget, uh, uh, you know, how doctors are treated, in which environment these doctors actually work, the nurses. Hmm? But when it comes to their strike, when they ask again and again some smallest of things and they're not, you know, they're denied that and they go on strike, the first thing they do is, is ESMA, you know, Essential Services Maintenance Act. Mm. So, uh, you know, it kind of enters a vicious cycle. Uh, there is no one to hear them. And I, I remember three years ago, I went into, you know, a doctor, I had a colleague who was um, working as a doctor in Safdarjang, uh, you know, and he took me in there and I, I met and, you know, that's, it's, I wrote a couple of pieces there called The World's End. And it is the world's end. I mean, the doctors working there, one person, as I had been working in Safdarjang for 12 years, I get paid 26,000 uh, a month. And uh, patients assault me. And uh, he showed me his room. He showed me where he eats. I mean, uh, believe me, I mean, you know, in any, I don't know, any civilized country, uh, even a person, unemployed person who's on the, you know, on the dole, who's outside a beggar or whatever, would be uh, 10 times, uh, you know, uh, the standard of living of 10 times this doctor. I'll tell you in Haryana, in Gurgaon, it is common practice for um, uh, guns to be found on people as they come in. Um, there have been, I know, two shootouts, uh, not in my husband's hospital, but nearby. So it's a dangerous field because people get extremely upset, understandably, take their grief out any way which they can. Yeah, and so the two things that are happening, you see, one is... This, this new phenomena that we've seen that any any accident that happens, uh, you know, on the road, people immediately, the villages, villagers, they come together. Not just that. I mean, they for example, the Noida one, yeah, mm -hmm. that the a boy vanished. Right. He was friendly or some versions of the story are that he was purchasing drugs from, you know, some men from of African origin and they just randomly bashed up six African men. So I think this is a phenomenon among the urban, because this happened in the mall, not in the village. Yeah, and the second thing is, you see, even in my trip, you know, when I went to Safdarjang, uh, whoever I met, whichever doctor, the only ambition was to actually somehow leave India and go abroad. Because they said this is the most, I don't know, inhumane but you know, uh, place to. And I, I believe them. You I should replug that piece, yeah? For yeah, I mean, you should so replug the piece. But you know, that, I just yeah. want to point out horrific. On, on the media's role. Now, for example, because I have no life and just consume media all the time and I have many excellent recommendations. Uh, because in the, you know, I either listen to the podcasts or in the morning I'm flipping channels uh, when I'm getting dressed and having breakfast. I know more about Obama and its repeal of, you know, 29 million people go off. Because the media that, you know, it's not simple, as Trump said. Healthcare is a very tricky matter. Of course, you fucking didn't know that when you made the stupid promises. The way they break down healthcare and how much they spend on healthcare, it's not even an issue here. So even if a government wants to spend a lot on healthcare at the risk of sounding like I'm plugging, you know, a party that I like, you will see headlines of some sting operation or of some MLS. How many articles have actually been done? on the increase in healthcare of Delhi's budget. It is not a... And the fact is that Delhi's healthcare for the poor has become better with these Mahalla clinics, which Najib Jung tried to block. And But that will never become an issue that this is how much was spent last year, this is how much we're going to spend this year, this is how many you know doctors have seen. You know, that is not going to become news. And, and that is tragic. I just want to say one thing to Rahul though. Please don't say bye. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, we need yeah. people like you too because we're, we're obviously also not. I mean, we may seem to be holier than thou, but we are obviously. Yeah, you got to keep kicking yeah, us so in the face. Yeah, you got to keep telling us that this is what you've got wrong and this is what. Yeah, you I, think, I think we need more people to. I want to thank him. Yeah, for, thanks for pointing for it out. Sending this mail and being so angry and it's important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now we we'll let Raghu go after this one point because an hour is up and I guess he must be getting a little um, impatient. Raghu. Uh, I have this is a part of my and I want because you guys did a you know Vinod Dua did a whole series on demonetization and his commentary on that I uh, heard this podcast on NPR Planet Money National Public Radio it's the case of and it's just the latest podcast so I, I don't know whether they know what's happening in India so they've put it up it's called The Bank War it's basically about uh, you know uh, President Jackson uh, in fact, uh, and and the Andrew Jackson and a guy called Biddle, who was the head of the Bank of the United States, which is a private bank, but it is what the government banked with. And these two hated each other, President uh, Jackson and Mr. Biddle. Okay. And and uh, this bank was up for renewal. The Congress had to pass a law to renew it every twenty years, because until then the government owned state banks. The currency, by and large, was gold. You know, people trade in gold. They invented, not invented, but they started dealing in notes. So you could deposit in Arizona and take out in New York. And the only bank that f- had this facility was Biddle's Bank. It had branches all over the country, whereas every state just had branches in the state. And and it was also he was also the banker for the government. Now he want he it had to be renewed every twenty years. When his next renewal was coming up. He and the president didn't get along. He knew that the president would put a spanner in the works and right. try to get this stopped. So he had all his lobbying power. In fact, there were congressmen who were on his payroll who really lobbied and they said, you have to have this bank because this is the only bank which is a pan-India bank and it has notes, you know, actually uses notes as opposed to gold and silver currency. President Jackson refused to sign it. He sent it back and Mr. Biddle was very happy because he knew when he does this, it is going to be such a backlash because he was up for re-election, President Jackson, uh, that he'd lose the election. But he won by a thumping majority. And here I will quote. I will quote what this this podcast says. It says, at the time, uh, the government didn't take out any paper money as we know it. And if you took your gold coins to a local bank, that bank would give you a piece of paper with the bank's name on it, a sort of like an IOU, a claim check. And these banknotes became functionally money. So, um, the Fed didn't exist back then. It wasn't even created until the 20th, 20th century. This is in the 1800s. Uh, so Biddle would be there working in Philadelphia and he was managing the whole country's money. But sorry, just give me a second. I'll tell you the bit that I want to quote. I'm with you. So Biddle came up with this plan of going on the offensive and with his army of supporters in the Congress, powerful politicians, well-created, and you know his star player in the Congress, Senator from Massachusetts, who said that we have to renew this uh, bank's uh, permit. The president said no. And Jackson, populist as he was, says, okay, let this bank collapse because he made this as the rich bankers versus the poor people, arm janta of the US. And the arm janta of the US bought this. They voted him back to power with a thumping majority. And five years later, the US economy crashed like it has never crashed ever, not even in 1929. It's a really interesting uh, podcast, Anand. You must listen to it because you were talking so much about demonetization and it <laughs> yeah. went the other way. I'm yeah. just saying, when I heard this, I was like, dude, 
could this be? Uh, Raghu, your comments, then we'll let you go. Okay, if I answer this correctly, do I get into Mensa or do I get into the IAS? <laughs> no, you, do you foresee any such, uh, do, you, do you see any parallels between what happened here and there? And do you think um, we'll meet a similar fate five yeah, years? Yeah, I think, I think there are clear parallels and I think Andrew Jackson is probably a, a historical figure that could be very fruitfully uh, examined for more parallels in his career with um, our current Prime Minister. <laughs> are you suggesting uh, because he shot he, a man in cold blood? <laughs> Oh God! That you said that I didn't. Um, but uh, you know, I think this, I can I'm, see I'm the, still unpicking what happened the... with demonetization. I'm sure you guys are aware that the Wire took uh, came out with a pretty hard line, um, critical line against it. Hmm. And um, and in my personal experience, which I think is ultimately what a lot of a lot of what was getting translated into reporting, uh, demonetization really was a shock. And I'm and I was extremely surprised that it hasn't that it didn't show up in uh, in the GDP estimate. Though I'm still watching for what the next couple of quarters will show. It, it, it it's almost like a it's almost like an ontological challenge, which is how do you look for the information um, for for information, and how do you reach conclusions about something on a scale uh, that that occurs on a scale like demonetization? I know that um, in retrospect, a lot of the reporting that we saw did appear uh, to be somewhat selective or to be self-confirming in a way, um, but I don't think that invalidates any of the of criticism and and of the serious sort of developmental concern about the impact they would have on the lives of people who are extremely vulnerable i think i think some things like that don't get measured um so can they can be surprisingly overlooked even in something like uh the uh, the up verdict as for the motivation which is what it sounds like you're asking about the motivation for delivering a kind of cell blow like this mm. uh yeah i think i think what what mainly come what I mainly take away from it is that is that the appearance of strong action against a corrupt elite, sometimes an unspecified corrupt elite, is 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 very popular, and it's almost hard to go wrong with that, irrespective of what the real consequences are. And I think we'll need it'll take us a while to really uh, develop a a finessed uh, understanding of what the real consequences were. Right. So it was a big win, a smart move. Right, um, Anand, your view? Yeah, no, I mean, I I agree with Raghu and you, but I, you see, I mean, I I uh, I wrote five articles on demonetization, so I should should know a little bit about you know what actually went wrong. But uh, my emphasis has always been that I think here is the problem that actually struck most of the uh, the people who wrote about this. I'm talking about people who were critical of it. Was they actually only looked at the economic angle of it? Hmm. You see. And I didn't want to do that because economies, I know they rebound. I mean, you know, you had the bubbles, you had 2000, 2000, 1929, whatever. Uh, you mean the, the human, it, the, the erosion state, of our values? Yes. You see, the, the it is a, this state is, it's a social Darwin's, Darwinian state. Okay. It, the suffering of the people is immaterial in the eyes of the state. This is what I was trying to get at. And you see, the economy doesn't matter because even if by 0.5%, the GDP goes down or 1%, it's 2 lakh crores. What is 2 lakh crores in India in the next 5 years, in the next 10 years? It's nothing. Uh, it's not so like a lot many... of economists, you see, they, now they have, they're going on back foot because they predicted, oh my God, this is a disaster, economic disaster. And it is not an economic disaster. It is a, you know, it's a, 
uh, economic, I, I can say, you know, people, the economy is on the back foot, but it's not a disaster. What it tells it's you is human it's values. So, yes, and that is what no one actually harped on, and that is the psychology of this that people could do it and get away with it. You see, I mean, the whole yeah, point that's is true, Anand. Yeah. and I, I followed your articles. I read your articles very closely, and um, and um, much applause for uh, for writing those. Okay, Raghu. Before you go, would you just like to recommend something for our viewers, that our listeners, that we always tend to recommend something that they should read or consume? It could be a documentary, a film, a book, or an article. Um, sure, I think something that's very that's very germane right now uh, that I that I listen to. It's another podcast. It's a recent episode of the of the podcast on the Intercept, which um, uh, which I think is called Interceptor. Intercepted. Intercepted. Sorry. Intercepted. And the second half of that, which I, it's, I think the title of this particular podcast is "Would Trump Start? Could Trump Start World War Three? And you should disregard that slightly hyperbolic title and listen. To, everyone should listen to the second half of it because it's because it's about the extent, the staggering extent to which U.S. interventionist measures have increased in the 50 days since Trump became elected. If you can believe this, there was a week in which there was a week this year in which um, more drone strikes were conducted than the entire number of drone strikes that were take, that took place in 2016. So that's what. Wow. Um, the, the the interesting takeaway from this is something that I think most BJP supporters will want to pay attention to, which is that when a regime, you know, you can you can stand by your favorite government. Um, changing laws and changing sort of the fundamental uh, powers of the government um, because you support the people who are currently in power. That's sort of what happened with a lot of Obama uh, voters and with the Obama consensus. Obama was able to make drone strikes and a new form of intervention uh, legitimate. Hmm. But uh, the point is that Obama is no longer president, and now those powers exist. The same is true over here about Aadhaar. It's true about um, about yeah. the IT amendments, and it's true about a lot that this government is has empowered itself with that that people might be happy about because they support this government, but they need to be aware that it, it may not it be will change, this absolutely. government that, uh, that gets to play with those toys in the future. And I think the interceptors, uh, uh, this podcast is really, really worth listening to. Right. Thank you for that, and thanks for joining us, Raghu. Good luck with The Wire, thanks, guys. If you don't like us, do uh, subscribe to The Wire. If you don't like them, then subscribe to whoever you like. I mean, but, subscribe to them even yeah. if you like us. Sub please subscribe to everyone who is working. Yeah, because when the, the public pays, pay. the public is served. The ad model is dead. Let's kill it before it can rear its ugly head again. Okay, fine. Thanks, yeah, Raghu. Fine. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks. Now, Madhu, mm. you wanted to discuss a couple of things. I've been looking for for footage of a doctor who, on CCTV footage, was badly beaten up. It's on my message messenger thing, and I'm, I haven't been able to find it, but I'm going to look for it. It was on yeah TV. No, Speaking no, of doctors, what no, about no, pharma this companies? Is, this is another one. Oh, yet this, another. Yeah. Wow. There's another one where the doc, where the guy is beaten with a a rail. Oh God! In fact, as we were uh, speaking, there was breaking news on ANI of another assault in Thane. Fifteen doctors have been injured. It's Dear God, terrible! It's, you know, um, coming to doctors, um, I full disclosure: what I'm going to discuss is a conflict of interest. I think Madhu, uh, Madhu's husband, Doctor Trehan, um, was 
in a battle with the uh, Shivinder and Malvinder Singh Ranbaxi brothers. No, no, no battle brother. was roundly fired. He was roundly fired. Okay. In the in the in the most so rather ridiculous and funny and cruel way by having disco bouncers come and and take him away and take him out of the hospital. So that uh, disclosure out of the way in his blues. There there was a piece today in Bloomberg, which I saw. Uh, which talks about uh, you know they basically their company has huge debt and the court recently has um prohibited them because they lost the arbitration to Daichi in Singapore and they have to pay 600 crores so the court so they challenged that arbitration but the court has prohibited them from changing the status of any asset and they have to cut their debt which is ballooning so it painted a very very grim picture and i was just reminded especially in the context of the doctor strike uh, meher's book restart when he has a chapter on what ranbaxy got away with uh, and i think anand keeps harping on this in his well, cynical way well eventually he didn't get away with it well madhu you know i don't know uh, we'll see we'll see if they'll get away with it but uh, for those of you who haven't read meher's book basically it describes in detail the level of fraudulent practices that were you know occurring for them to claim that their drugs were legit and overboard when they no, weren't they were adulterated drugs and, and, and the and fda got after them and and the main thing to put make it very short the story was that they sold uh, ranbaxy to daichi while concealing all, all the this. and that's why they all lost the information this. and uh, that you can blame the japanese for not doing proper due diligence but what i have heard another today, theory i have another the- i have been told another theory by sandeep that daichi knew this there was another uh, but anyway ha huh, go no, ahead i don't believe that <laughs> um i think what i find interesting in today's business standard and this is an article is this the one you read in bloomberg no i saw a video they put okay, it out okay now this is very interesting because when you read this article this to me this article call, uh, uh, called called uh, headlined two tycoons known for lucky timing find time in short supply serial entrepreneurs serious problems serious problems the thing is that the way it's written the singh brothers are serial entrepreneurs known for pulling off one of the best timed exits in the annals of indian business now so they made a virtue of are you serious made, this whole piece this whole piece is praising them for what they are being tried for interesting and more than that that how any restructuring that occurs at the level of the things to largest operating companies won't be impact fortis healthcare and religa enterprise won't be impacted by the ongoing proceedings in the delhi high court because the court order is only directed at the holding companies the spokesperson said so, so they have that, so engineered the, so the this whole story are, okay this whole story has been engineered to put a positive spin on everything that they've they're going through when it is known that they are at the banks asking for loans which they're not getting to recover their debts and is i think it's remarkable uh, it should be in the harvard business school as a case study on how you can inherit thousands and thousands of crores 20000 crores or something it was and piss it away in 10 years trump is president enough said <laughs> another one which is really interesting a lovely positive story on escorts to drive tractors to new markets cut costs you know these are stories which are like pr jobs what is going on but most pink papers to be honest i mean other than a few journalists who are actually doing journalism the rest they just take uh, the press release press and print releases. that i mean that's 
I mean, pink papers up. Especially company reporting is really handouts. Except one it's pink paper, I think Financial Express, no. that con- that thought uh, Kamal Hassan was Muslim. That was ridiculous. <laughs> what is this? I don't know about that. This. By, by the way, Financial Express website is I don't know who runs it. It is shocking some of the stuff they get away with there. No, I think many times Economic Times surprisingly does not do. Uh, paid news or advertising I think paid advertising they do they no, do they have, I think stories. many of them have a lot of good stories but and so does business standard but once in a while it's like the ozone holes that you can see that this is a plant exactly that's true but for a lot of this Malvinder I don't know brother is called Shivinder Shivinder Shalvinder Malvinder you see the the person who started Ranbaxi uh, I forget the name Bhaimon Singh yeah he was the student of one professor Nityanand that CDRI and he's such a remarkable figure, so down to earth, you know. Hmm. It's just amazing. I don't understand this concept of down to earth. Everybody is on earth, so why shouldn't they be? Well, well you just talk down to earth. I mean, yeah, you know, the, well, the, the that's passion. the comment to make. But, when but I want not. to, I want to come back to what you were saying before that. In our country, there is a free for all. Matlab, following the law is optional. I mean, yeah. the traffic, uh, you know, whether it is these doctors getting bashed up, whether it is that MP. Shivsan MP saying, let it go to hell, I will, you know. Is uh, Raghu still there? No. Whether Shivsan MP saying, you know, go to hell, I've, I have done nothing wrong. There is no, or, you know, this entire um, case of uh, the kind of draconian rules that have gone through with the finance bill. It is truly might is right. If you can kick someone's ass, you do it, whether legally or not legally. But look at the company that Bhaimon Singh built, Ranbaxi. Amazing company, all right, great reputation. Three sons, one son took it forward, expanded it, did amazing work. He died. Two boys who had never been inside, I have been told, inside the offices, inherited all of it and saw it for the first time. And this is the thing that a whistleblower who worked within the company, somebody who worked within their company, if you read that story, Uh, found that his son was not getting better with, uh, you know, he was seriously ill and was not getting better on Ranbaxi drugs. They switched the brand and and he got better and that's when he started examining it. This was a scientist who worked there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So these are very, very serious things. Okay, uh, I quickly want to read this mail and then we'll have a quick special five minutes of DJ because this is her last hafta in a while at least until we can get her back on. This email is from Ayush Datta. DNL Hafta team, there are a lot of things I'd like to review, especially Tanai Sukumar's review of the previous Hafta, if that's not too meta. So, Ayush... <laughs> I like this guy. <laughs> because Tanai had written a very nice email, if you guys remember last yeah, Hafta. Liberals and conservatives. About liberals and conservatives, correct. So, Ayush wants to review his review. I really enjoyed the latest Hafta you guys put out and I'd also like to congratulate Meghnath on finding a way to make parliamentary affairs readable. As you have pointed out, the speed at which Jaitley and co. have been pushing through legislative reforms and that too in a money bill would have made for great Indian version of House of Cards had it not been so terrifying and had Robert's rules not been so boring to begin with. I guess that is a character from House of Cards. I'm guessing, yes. The lack of uproar around the reforms, be it changing the nature of tribunals overnight, reducing the power of already powerless legislative committees and government strong arming on the issue of Aadhaar cards, should have brought a mass protest against such abuse of power. After all, wasn't this abuse of power the massive centralization of what Advani ji most bitterly complained about regarding Indira Gandhi's dictatorship? On the other hand, if Modi were making moves to reform the IS bureaucracy and expand the size of the foreign ministry to 
befit a growing power then i'd be less critical of his acche din clearly even hindutva can't remove the indian deep state switching lanes here tanmay argues that the ability of the bjp to win and win big in up which left pollsters looking dumb is the he quotes the propaganda of a hindu nation served the topping of development and spicy sadistic facade of hurting the rich unquote while this makes for excellent bjp kitchen king veg biryani i don't quite agree it is the myth of development big gdp big jobs bigly economic growth which forms the base of the dish the bjp is serving hindutva hindu nation and cocaine fueled nationalism is the dahi which placates any form of dissent from unsure hindus and helps quash dissent from minority voices beat liberal secularism far left socialism or mr sekri's post ideologism as anti national it's something we live in the cosmopolitan bubble of cities seem to forget or worse ignore mr dwivedi and mr vardhan have rightly pointed out that for a majority of india caste and religious identity if not system is as common as asking icsc or cbsc as is the distrust of hindus have of muslims christianity or any other minority community so prevalent in india's hinterland and let's not pat ourselves on the back these opinions reside even among the well heeled intellectually elite of the cities it's just that these opinions never see the light of day in polite conversation the same log kya sochenge which turns us all into varying shades of liberal in major cities is exactly the opposite direction place like up bihar and even bengal for that matter the distinction between how hindi and english media have covered yogi adityanath's rise to power should have been obvious they pandered to two very different communities which much to mr sekri's chagrin very diff- a very different and well set ideologies there is the point where mr sekri might argue that he was speaking economic ideologies in which case bhai bal ki khal nikalna koi to aap se sikhe <laughs> he wow he's a fan <laughs> he foresaw my argument and killed it before i made it मुझे समझ में नहीं आ रहा एक घंटा हो गया एक भी गाली नहीं आई आज अभी है ना आज मैं टुडेस गाली फ्री दे मैं वेज हो गया न्यू नॉर्मल मैं वेज हो गया टुंडे का भाव बंद हो गया माय ओनली फियर इज दैट इंडिया इज हर्टलिंग टुवर्ड्स द फॉर्म्स ऑफ गवर्नमेंट सो राइप इन इंडोनेशिया एंड मलेशिया इन द नेम ऑफ डेवलपमेंट वी बिगिन टू लूज द वेरी फाउंडेशन ऑफ लिबरल डेमोक्रेसी एंड अंडर द गाइस ऑफ डेवलपमेंट एनीवन हु डज नॉट अफर्म टू द मॉडल इंडियन हिंदू सिटीजंस विल ग्रेजुअली सी देयर प्रोटेक्शंस चिप्ड अवे and mrs trehan has rightly argued we are like frogs in a slowly simmering pot of water at one point it will begin to boil and by then we shall be it shall be too late to do anything maybe this is just the paranoia of minority liberal secularists still left in the country but what we need is a louder moderating voice in the center the students and the young professionals who have one foot in old india and the other in new india a form of compromise between the great hindu historical myth and the great secular futuristic dream In closing, I'd like to thank the Panjana for the fabulous recommendation. Kakhold was brilliantly written, and I highly enjoyed the read. I only have a recommendation for Ranga Uncle, one that speaks to his desire to see a Muslim political reformation. He's given a link, Ranga Uncle. I'll tell you what it is as it opens. Thank you. Keep up the great work. Ayush Datta, BA International Relations with My Nation Studies, University of British Columbia, Vancouver, BC. मतलब Ben. No, means something else, na? Okay. Thanks, Ayush, for that <laughs> mail. And um, so near and yet so far so with far. the views. Hmm. So um, see, one thing we were going to discuss was that we didn't get the opportunity. We both were the what I talked about democracy and you know my defeat. I think 
as uh, and I think it was uh, alluded to in this email as well uh, about the lot of changes, you know, a huge lot of changes that this government is bringing. You see, after a while, you can and I've been outraging on a few things I've noticed. You know, um, sometimes I feel a fool, honestly. You know, for three four years, if you go on outraging on something or the other, something something something, you feel advertising is one, government mm. advertising is one, freedom of speech is another, this Aadhaar was another one. So there is always a balance between you yourself feeling a fool, like an idiot, as opposed to trying to make a real change. Now the point is, you can only make a real change if someone can, someone off in an authority can listen to you, agree mm. with you, and make a change. What happens when the Supreme Court either a does something that you disagree with, that's the final call, or not? If while the as in the case of Aadhaar, Supreme Court judgment isn't out, but the government has now passed a bill that actually, in effect, supersedes the Supreme Court judgment when, if and when it comes out. So that's the final thing. You see, you are, now once you reach that, you just have to accept that, boss. Maybe the opposition, when it comes to power, at some point of time, if not in 2019, 2024, it would promise to overturn the judgments or the things that you disagree with. I've kind of reconciled yeah, it because know, what I, other option do you have? There is no other option. So I'm fully cynical. So like Shaban, let me just finish yeah, in yeah, 10 yeah, seconds. Sorry. Like Shabano judgment, you see. So the Supreme Court said something and the Rajiv Gandhi government disagreed with it, right? And they overturned the Supreme Court judgment. They overturned in bank nationalization. Now these overturning of judgments have lasted for 30, 40, 50 years. But that has years. led to a political backlash like what we are seeing. It, it now, imp I mean, there are things that happen. Sorry, DJ, go ahead. You were saying. No, I was just saying that I'm fully cynical with most of these kind of measures because, um, look, we're continuing colonial acts, right? Because, not because we have any fondness for the British, but because of the amount of power Baba, they give Baba. the authority. So the moment something like this finance bill gets passed... I don't care who's in the government. They are not rescinding this. We have lost this for good. Um, does that mean that you stop outraging? I mean, obviously you don't. I mean, we know that. But I don't think any of us do because that's, that's what we do. But you I know? think that's where that's where I would blame a highly polarized... Sorry? After a while, no, Parliament... But look, Section 66A was removed. Yeah, by, by whom? Not by Congress, was it? No, it was removed by them. It was. It, it was removed by them. But but the point. So of, it was huh. an outrage. It's so the court you can't stop no? protesting. That's that's the, the point. Like, yeah, and you are the janta, yeah. Like janta's voice will always matter. But you know, and I, critical I, I, mass I agree of with you. agenda. I agree with you. Janta's voice will matter. But why? I for that reason, I don't have that much hope. But I do think it'll happen because ant me satya ki hamesha jeet hoti hai. I do believe that. Actually, I quite liked Arun Kumar's interview with you where he, he kind of makes this point where you're asking him corruption to kabhi khatam nahi hoga. Mm. And he says that it takes time but you have to have that critical mass and you have to keep, you know, you making keep some hammering issue. At it. Yeah. Which is, but, which is but, what but, I but, think but, it is. Know, like, this but is the thing is that what I find is that people don't uh, and you weren't here last week. I wanted yeah, to I do a QED. I won't do a QED. We are in a post-ideological age because people do not ag agree with the policy based on ideology based on kiski hai matlab mm. no matter how left of center a policy that modi pushes through his right of center yes. cheerleaders will say lovely lovely and same thing with you know the communists also it's not ideological it is who i love and why not all policies but some of but them yeah, yeah a lot of them uh, the, 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 my problem is that 
it is so polarized and this is where i feel that my initial uh, excitement of more transparency more voices more noise was good for democracy maybe or maybe we are just going through a horrible period that you know it has to get a lot worse before it gets better is that when you weren't so vocal about things that you kind of assumed will be unacceptable you couldn't openly take positions that you think were against what basic human values have taught you like what i was saying the online disinhibition syndrome i had not heard many times in my life growing up saying sale sab mullon ko marna hi chahiye i had not heard someone saying you know that you know it's a good thing panch che katenge to phir hi theek hoga you know it's good thing sare journalists ko they should be thrown in and really killed but i have seen a lot of tweets on it not anonymous people who are taking ownership of that position i think that online disinhibition syndrome may actually rather than ignite our moral compass and our collective consciousness say pandiya ke to chalta yaar chal hum bhi kuch bhi bol dete hain i'll i'll tell you just so to add 10 just seconds just 10 seconds no. okay sorry please <laughs> because i'm res- yeah I'm sure totally connected to what he's saying that's why i need to say this right after him uh as reading a piece on uh, in the atlantic which is a small video exactly about what you're talking about and what it says is that if you because now that the world is so it's an american thing of course a uh, piece um now that the world is so divided the only way to understand that these mental there's some mental workshop or something has come out with this theory that the only way to communicate now is that if liberal why the why the divide is getting wider is because liberals speak to conservatives using their own values all right and she says in this video that if you use a conservative's values to communicate your point then you're more likely to convince them for example that if you if a liberal talks about how the underprivileged will suffer or if say refugees will suffer um if you don't let them in and how inhumane it is you will not cons- convince a conservative but if you use the values that conservatives support which is that it is patriotic and nationalistic to let refugees in uh and it is pro america to let refugees in you're more likely to convince them one is that there are hundreds and thousands of things that outrage or by common janta can actually make a change so many examples one was you know this aims had this vip counter okay there was so much outrage and the next day the vip counter was removed mm. by the government so so don't mistake me i'm not saying outrage is bad but the point is that the at the topmost level of supreme court and the parliament there's a point beyond which intent yeah you see the the intent ab jaise aap keh rahe the na uski hari aankhon mein dekha maine government ki aankhon mein dekha hai ki wo ye money bill kyon laaye hain kyon wo laaye because wo isse piche nahi hatenge aap jitna bhi outrage kar lo aap jitna bhi media mein bol lo kuch bhi bol lo they want to get this passed you can't do anything about it what can you do tell me so there are issues on which raste ma phaleshu kadachana हम तो कर्म करेंगे भाई आउटकम तो हमारे बस में है नहीं 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 एंड बीइंग अरे यार दैट आई एम नॉट 
खैर ओके रिकमेंडेशन ऑल राउंड गिव अस सम क्लोजिंग कॉमेंट्री बिफोर वी टेक सजेशन ऑल अराउंड क्लोजिंग कॉमेंट्री नो आई है Say nice things about news laundry. Before. No, you don't say <laughs> nice things. <about laughs> I say on nice your last half, the how much you'll miss it. <laughs> Manisha, try to extract, <laughs> extract <laughs> some sentiment out of guys. her when she's not interested. <laughs> <laughs> What I am seriously You're really pushing it, Manisha. <laughs> I know. <laughs> say something nice. <laughs> Why don't you should be saying nice things about me? Uh, we will really miss uh-huh. it. <laughs> Thank you. That that will, just came okay, spontaneously. Okay, miss so, guys, will we not really miss DJ, of who course. was such a calming force here? Yeah. In the otherwise slightly uh, aggressive and ill-mannered demeanor of Manisha <laughs> and and Madhu sure. and Karthik and, <laughs> Me and Anil. Of all and all these My biggest regret is now I have to start looking at the stories <laughs> before they are published. No, no. I have had an absolute blast this one year. I did not think. um i i di- i seriously didn't think that there would be a situation in which i would be going through uncorrected proofs of the lok sabha transcripts and what uh, uh bisada villagers are saying about yogi adityanath and uh anarkali of ara in a matter of 30 minutes and that's and like and you forget a, the science uh, <laughs> and i try to do that because of what science has been in my life a black hole um <laughs> No so it's been it's been superbly fun I have grown so much I've been so fortunate to work with people who um really care about what they do and I think that's that's something we forget how rare it is that uh most of us take jobs thinking that chal there'll be a salary and you know it's responsible it's a grown up thing to do but um news laundry stands out for having people who do this job of being reporters of being commentators of being uh journalists because they genuinely care because there are stories that they aren't commissioned to tell but they are driven to tell and it is it is very rare to find a place like that and Thank it is so a so privilege to, to be there so on that happy note you should read you should read all the stuff that we have done uh for parliament matters and last week in parliament you know when everyone talks about how the bills and conversations in parliament have not been discussed it is possible to talk about them and i think meghnath embodies that in his columns to talk about them in a way that they make sense without being stupid and with gifs my personal favorite um i think you should look at the kind of critique that manisha has been doing this past year um she is by far one of the most opinionated people i know and rabidly opinionated what are you saying Ra- <laughs> rabidly remember Ram. the number of times i've been telling you we can't say that that will yeah. get us a court case yeah. um no but the thing is that she notices things and she keeps she makes it clear what is the difference between gossip and critique and it's good to know that um and you should just generally read all of our ground reports we work very very hard to get those to and you and two more ground reports will which will be on uh, by the time this goes up i mean dadri is already out um, one more ground report up so and yeah. the anti romeo one will be out but understand that you know uh, when we had our subscribers for the 100th hafta um i think one of the things that uh, was uh, very sweet was one of our subscribers told us that he had no idea there was such a small team He was under the impression that this is like you know a mainstream newsroom where there's this vast factory that churns out stuff. 
This is a very, around. very small team. Every time anyone gets a common cold, all of us have a small panic attack because, you know, it's tight, um, which basically means that there's, uh, there's a lot of heart in everything that you see. So read it. Thank you. Um, Anand, what is your recommendation for the Yeah, week? so my recommendation is largely based on, you know, you might get the impression in this hafta that I am a bloody pessimist, nihilist, whatever. Really? Like, no, no. Outrage karna hai to, outrage karna hai to, is hafta please, apne bharatiyon pe mat karo, bloody Australians pe karo. Okay? So, I highly recommend you going through all the cricket coverage, especially this morning's and yesterday's from Australian newspapers, especially Sydney Morning Herald. That goes for SMH, which is shaking my head also. <laughs> I, I got the FTW wrong, but SMH is correct. Mm. And it actually is bordering on, I wouldn't say racist, but it's just unbelievably derogatory. You know, their coverage of Kohli and, you know, calling him all sorts of things. And I think look, Anand did a piece on this, right? On us? Yeah, okay. mm. exactly. Yes, he has. So they've just completely gone bananas, you know. So what do you want to recommend? I, you want us so Sydney Morning Herald, sports. Sports ke andar, cricket coverage of Inandan. Sports ke andar. Games ke andar. Sports ke niche. Aajkal, Australia mein bhi usko sport bolta hai. Oh God. David Boone bhi vahin ka tha na. David Boone. Fantastic cricketer. Yeah. Also a refrigerator technician apparently. Apparently he, I mean the only reason I remember David Boone is, A, I was like, dude, that guy is one of the best sportsmen in the world. He doesn't even look like a sportsman. Come on. Dude, he looked like. He run like a gazelle. <laughs> he apparently had like 34 beers in a flight did, from yeah. but anyway okay you guys can read that recommendation uh, Manisha your recommendation so it's from Neiman Lab uh, it's a I forget the headline but it's by Jay Rawson who's a, a professor at the New York University it says this is what a news organization built on readers trust yeah. looks like it is so I mean especially journalists listening in please read that because it's just so inspiring I read in the morning I was like yeah I'm a journalist and I was, <laughs> and I was so like, I'm gonna rock everything. Like it's it's really so heartwarming, and and not just heartwarming, but it's just so much thought and work behind just making this model work, and and that premium on readers' trust, it's it's doable. So it's on Der Correspondent, which is a Dutch uh, news portal, and they're coming to uh, the US, and Jay Rosen is gonna be sort of their brand ambassador, and sort of a pitch for the. Yeah, it's a great piece. I read yeah. it. Thank you, Manisha, for that suggestion. It was really good. Madhu, you have any suggestion? Yeah, I have one. Um, I'm looking. You have one yeah. today. Usually, you have eighteen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I decided to control myself. <laughs> Chalo. I'm just going to tell you one. Madhu was like my teacher's homework. Homework? No, hmm. but ye five thousand things to do. Actually, yeah. So, um, the one from the Atlantic, uh, a story which should have been done by us and by Indians. Uh, it's the headline is when nuns tried to kickstart India's first transgender school. It's a very interesting piece. Um, it's a story of hope in my in my view when people do something like that. Right. Mm. So um, I have two recommendations. One is from the Time magazine. Why the Nazis loved America. It's a really interesting piece of how much Hitler actually appreciated US because they had made laws based on race. Uh, on you know who you could marry, who he said that's what you have to be able to do, except instead of blacks and the Indian, uh, you know, the American Indians, the Native Americans, it has to be Jews. But that the, is yeah, did we t did I talk about this film called Loving? It's about a black woman. 
Yeah, yeah. You told a black me about woman the uh, who's in love with a white yeah. man and it was illegal beautiful. for them to beautiful. marry. No, I haven't it's an seen amazing film. film. He was just telling me about this. Yeah. But this article, and what I like most about it is, A, it tells you how, uh, you know, this, how America, which finally defeated Hitler, was the model that Hitler actually wanted to follow, except take it to a different level. And one very important part of this is that you just have to scare the first two of a community. The other eight will leave. And this is where, Anand, we must come to this argument before, that the data may not show you have the incidents gone up. But if the messaging goes out that these two have a public, you know, you make a spectacle of their halat, you don't have to deal with the other eight. They have gone. Do you think that, that time would come that if this kind of thing gets really out of hand, that Muslim will st- Muslims will start leaving for Pakistan? Oh no. I hope no, not. no. Dude, no matter how bad you become, yeah. we can never be as bad as them. Trust no, me, I've been there. Yeah, no. <laughs> that is I don't know if we can ever be as bad as them, but I I mean We can't. We could be. You never Dude, know. not possible, trust me. Plus also really, remember you that, that you know the other side. No, but look, you're not... looking at a Muslim family who's surrounded by people who've maybe lost a child or or has somebody their young son has been beaten up coming home by a bunch of goons. You start thinking about things. Yeah, but Madhu Vahap uh, they may move to a different part of India, but they do Pakistan seriously. Like, well, look, there was an exodus from Punjab when this stuff was going on. And then now they must be saying, "Khasmanu khane ki kar ditta si." It's a fact, yeah. gone to the dogs, but I don't think. Adnan Sami yahan gaya, Fawad Khan yahan. Sab kyu aate yahan? Fawad Khan back also. Pehe, isliye pehe. The first to pick up the mic. For Fawad. <laughs> but anyway, so this is one piece which I highly recommend Why the Nazis Loved America. It's in Time magazine. And the other is that piece on NPR, which I spoke about. I think the parallels are amazing. It's a really fascinating piece. And in closing, I'd like to say that, DJ, you have been um, magical for News Laundry. Thank you so much for your most amazing presence and precious time here. You came in at a time when we were growing from five people to 25. And um, that was a big growth for us. You know, till then it was like a small, we had just got our funding in. And we had to establish that we can make something of it. Like earlier it was run something on the side. Now this is the main main dish. It's not the side dish. So you made a good main course of News Laundry. Thank you so much. We are forever in your debt for, for guiding us through those uh, initial choppy times. We do hope you continue to work with us and we do stuff together. Thank you. And, and we're I, really sorry to see you go. Yeah, and I apologize of anything that I may have said or done to hurt yes, you at you any did. time. Yes, you did. <laughs> I did. Yes, you I, did. I'm you sure I did. You can apologize to us also. I always <laughs> do that. <laughs> no, but if I can... Sorry, were you finished? Uh, yeah, so thank you. Uh, and uh, we. I'm going to dedicate this song to DJ. But before you do, I, w- so, I would yes, also like please. to uh, say mm. thank you, DJ, for this wonderful time. And uh, what is especially sad is that the Bengali population of News Laundry has come down by, I don't know, 100% now? Is no, there any no, other Bengali there are country? others. Because oh, they're so hot-headed. Aratrika is Bengali. We have one so Bengali. So 50%, yeah. Yeah, which is very sad because <laughs> I have a soft spot for Bengalis, you know. They keep the culture alive. So. Right. And culture alive. <laughs> <laughs> I can't find true. What does that mean? I've said it so many times. What if, I, if I wasn't a Tamilian. What does it mean, keep the culture uh, alive? But I'm not talking of bacterial culture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it got better and better. Yeah, are you saying, like, much as I love the DJ, oh, are you she saying reminds me of her husband has Bengali culture? Deeper hole. It just should stop. have more just, get up, just climb out of the hole. Okay, all right. All right. I give up. I give up. Okay. Thanks, so DJ. I uh, 
basically this is a song for DJ hoping that she climbs bigger and bigger mountains takes bigger and bigger challenges and it's my favorite song of this year last year I can I really appreciate uh, what DJ brought to news laundry um a certain amount of gravitas a certain amount of seriousness on um the ethics of looking always waiting for getting the other side um I must admit very often I would give her brain ideas and she'd say yes that's gossip so <laughs> <laughs> that at least what amounted to saying that in a more polite way she was an excellent counterbalance to i mean with her sophistication to abhinandan <laughs> to my, yes. my sophistication yes yeah. so that yeah. kind of thing will be really seriously missed where you know you come up with a wild idea and she says no but there's no proof okay all right dj <laughs> that kind of thing so no but thank you everyone so do dj write more books and uh, never stop dreaming here's to as they may seem here's to the hearts that ache here's to the mess we make all the news laundry podcasts are available on stitcher itunes and any other podcast platform please subscribe to news laundry help us keep news independent Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.